We begin reading with verse 35 through 40. John chapter 6, beginning to read with verse 35 through verse 40. May we bow together in prayer, please. Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the praise that has gone to the Lord Jesus today through the choir, through the songs, through every member of this congregation and those who have joined us by radio. We pray that the Holy Spirit will now make the Word of God real and quick and powerful and sharp to our hearts. Bring comfort to the saved, encouragement to live for Christ. May thy Spirit speak to those who are without Jesus and draw them by the bands of God's love to the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 6, beginning with verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will who hath sent me, that of all that he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one who seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The text this morning is verse 37. I'd like to ask you to read it with me and memorize it. Memorize it. Commit it to memory. One of the great verses in the Word of God. All that the Father giveth me. Read it with me. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. This verse immediately implies a drawing of the Holy Spirit. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Now that thought appears in verse 44 and in verse 65. Look in verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father who hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And in verse 65, And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. We come to Jesus by divine intervention. The Holy Spirit moves in our hearts. I heard someone say at our lakeside service last Friday night, the Lord found me on such and such a date. That's what our testimonies should be. Because the Lord has been looking for us. It is always God taking the initiative to draw us unto himself. Sometimes we say, I choose Jesus. We have a song that we sing, I choose Jesus. 
Sometimes we sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. Actually, that song is a discipleship song rather than an evangelistic song. Because after we are saved, then we need to follow Him. Men do not get saved because they follow Jesus. Sometimes they are saved after they start following Him, but you're not saved. The plan of salvation doesn't say you start following Jesus and you'll get to heaven. We must receive Jesus. And the Holy Spirit draws us by the bands of God's love. He sets His affections upon us and draws us unto Himself. Jesus said several times, no man can come to the Father. No man can come to me except the Father draw him. Now this is illustrated many times in the Word of God. For example, in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus instituted His church, in Matthew chapter 16, two of the most precious verses in the Bible, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. But before he said that, Jesus said to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood <coughs> did not reveal this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now in order to get the whole picture of this, the Lord had said, Who do men say that I am? And the disciples answered, Well, some are saying you're Jeremiah, or you're one of the prophets. And then Jesus said, But who do you say I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't just dream this up. It wasn't because you're sharp, or you're smart, or you're brilliant, or you had a lot of studying, or you went to the great universities and studied, my Father which is in heaven revealed this unto you. That's how you came to know who I am. And beloved, it's no different today. The way we come to know who Jesus is and receive Him as our personal Savior is by the direct intervention of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes us aware of our need of somebody we do not have, something we do not have. He is the one who draws us to the Father. For example, you're here today. You're in the service. Why are you here? Why have you tuned in by radio? You may say, well, I did that because somebody invited me. That's right. But why did they invite you? The Holy Spirit put that on their heart to invite you. Why did you accept the invitation? There are hundreds of people that are invited and they don't come. Why did you? Because the Holy Spirit has begun a work in you, being confident of this very thing that he who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me, implying that God gives us to His Son, Jesus. He draws us by the bands of the love of God. And beloved, that excludes boasting. We can never say, well, I came to Jesus, you ought to come too. The Holy Spirit drew us, and in deep humility, we can say, God found me. I was destitute. I was in trouble. I was spiritually bankrupt. 
I was morally bankrupt. I was emotionally bankrupt. And God found me and drew me. Now the truth is, all of us are spiritually bankrupt. All of us are emotionally bankrupt. All of us are morally bankrupt because Jesus said, even though we might look good on the outside, underneath our putrefying swords, and we're like whited sepulchers filled with dead men's bones. And only the Holy Spirit can make us aware of that truth. The Holy Spirit, under the, using the Word of God, plummets the depths of our hearts and makes us aware that we need somebody, we need something that we do not have. Again and again, this is illustrated in Scripture. John the Baptist introduced Jesus. He was preaching out at the jungle of the Jordan, the Word of God. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. This was John. God uses human instruments. God used John the Baptist. And standing by John the Baptist that day were two of his disciples, Andrew and John. John, the beloved apostle, who became later the beloved apostle, Andrew and John. And they began to follow Jesus. Why? Because John the Baptist pointed them to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Andrew began to follow Jesus, and pretty soon, when he found that Jesus met his heart needs, he went out and got Peter. He said, uh, that's his brother. He said, I want you to come and see the man. Is not this the Messiah? This is, this is the one that Moses wrote about. And Andrew got all excited. He went out and brought Peter. You see, God uses human instruments. But why did Andrew go after Peter? Because the Holy Spirit was moving in his heart, drawing Peter to Jesus because God wanted to use Peter. A little bit later, we find Jesus drawing Philip. A little bit later, Jesus went over, or Philip went over and got Nathaniel and brought him to Jesus. And then a little bit later, Jesus in, in John chapter 4 uh, was on his way to Galilee. And instead of going down over to Idumea uh, uh, and crossing the Jordan River and going up on the other side like most of the Jews did, he must needs go through Samaria. And he stopped at a well. And his disciples went in town to get meat. And a woman of Samaria came out there. And Jesus initiated a conversation with her, and he said, would you give me a drink of water? Oh, she said, do you not know that the Jews and the Samaritans don't have any food dealings with each other? And Jesus said, if you knew who it was that asked you a drink of water, you'd ask of him, and he'd give you living water. And in that way, that woman's heart got melted and molded, and she began to realize she needed something that she didn't have. And after a while, she left her pot or water pots and went into Sychar and said to those men with whom she had sinned, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. Is not this the Messiah? You see, the Holy Spirit uses people to draw us to Christ. Who drew you? Who invited you to Jesus? Who was it the Holy Spirit used? What were the circumstances the Holy Spirit used to get your attention for Christ? I was on a train going to, to Florida, and a Jewish lady, Phyllis Sokol, asked me if I were a Christian. I had to say, no, I'm not a Christian. I didn't know it at the time. I saw her typing using a portable typewriter. I later learned that she wrote a letter to a preacher in Louisville. She found out I was from there. And at the train stop in Georgia, she put that letter off. When I got back to Louisville, a preacher came to see me and said, there was a Jewish lady that met you on a train. And she wrote me a letter and said, you're not a Christian. 
but you might be interested. And he told me how to be saved. You see, the Holy Spirit uses different instruments. But I want to tell you, all along the line, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. It is the giving of the Holy Spirit, the giving of, of God to Jesus that we, by which we come. The Holy Spirit draws us by the bands of God's love. Now, I realize that this message that I'm preaching comes near touching on election and predestination. And I'm not going to deal with that in this message. But I want to just say I believe the Bible truth concerning predestination and election. And I believe that God gives and draws by His bands those who are lost and draws them to Jesus. He does the initiation. He does that initial work of drawing us and making us aware of something we do not have, something we need, somebody we need. And when I met Jesus, I could say all the rest of my life, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, I have nothing to boast in. None of us has anything to boast in except the cross of Christ. Now, notice the rest of this scripture. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. It involves a coming. If we're going to ever get to Jesus, we have to come. God never overwhelms the human will. He never puts out a lasso and drags you to himself. He gently knocks. And you open the door. And you come in. And let him come in. The doorknob of the heart is on the inside, not on the outside. Always we must come. Now, the Bible is full of invitations from one end of the Bible to the other. Somebody has counted the word come in the Bible and found that there are 1,900 invitations using the word come. Come, come. There's a song we used to sing, Oh, come, 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 come to the church in the wildwood. I like that song because it uses the word come so much. Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord. And he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him. Come. And again and again, that word is used in the Bible as an invitation in, chapter, in, in the book of Genesis. Listen to this. <clears throat> in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I found righteous before me in this generation. The word was come, and Noah came. In Numbers chapter 10, verse 29, And Moses said to Hobab, the son of Reguel the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good, for the Lord has spoken good concerning Israel. And Moses came. And in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, Come, on, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Come, come, come. Again, in Isaiah chapter 55, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. He that hath no money, come, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. The invitation again, come. And as though God were afraid that we wouldn't understand, when the New Testament opens, he gives us some more comes. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the last page of the Bible, before it closes, 
the Holy Spirit saw to it that there was another come placed there. And in verse 17, the Spirit and the bride say, Come, let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Now the Bible is one long invitation to come. Come, all that the Father giveth me shall come, but you can never get to God until you come. You see, it is the free volunteer will on our part that gets up and comes. God doesn't lasso us and draw us in. He gently knocks at our heart door and we come or we don't come. Now in Luke chapter 14, <clears throat> Jesus told a wonderful story. He said there was a certain rich man and he, he uh, had a, a supper. He made a supper. And uh, he said at supper time, go out and bring them in. And he said... Uh, uh, he sent his servant to supper time say, come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. Uh, some said, uh, the first said, I've bought a piece of ground and I must needs go see it. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen. I go prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. These are the excuses people gave for not coming. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. The Holy Spirit in, in, uh, moves in our heart to draw us but as the Holy Spirit moves and says, come, 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 sometimes men don't come. Why have you not come to Jesus? You who are here in this room, why have you not come to Jesus? If you've never been saved, why have you not come? If you are saved, why have you not come into a close walk with the Lord to say, I consecrate my all on the altar? Why have you not come? There are reasons I've heard since I've been in Bowling Green and various places, reasons people say they can't come. Some say, well, I'm afraid I can't hold out. I, I'd like to come, but I tell you, I, I can't hold out. Uh, it's just too hard, and I'm afraid if I start that I'll uh, uh, wilt along the way and I w won't be what I ought to be, so I'm just not going to come. Beloved, nobody's going to hold out unless the Holy Spirit holds us. He's the one that does the holding. And to trust Jesus as our Savior means to trust Him to hold us. It means to trust Him to keep us. It means to trust Him to take us to heaven. He's the one that initiates that work and He gives that stabilizing power to go on, going on for Christ. Others have said, well, I tell you, I'd come, but there's a lot I don't understand. I read all these begets and so on over here in the Old Testament, and then I get to Revelation, I read about all those animals and those uh, very beasts and all those things. I don't understand that. I tell you, I'm not going to come till I can understand it all. Beloved, you'll never come because there's much we don't understand. And one day we'll have to get before the king and say, now, Lord, would you explain what this thing meant? I thought it meant this, but you, you tell me perfectly. And all of our jot and tittle misunderstandings of the Scripture will all be made straight one day when we stand in His presence. God does not expect us to understand everything about the Word of God. He wants us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, but leave to Him the totally ultimate explanations. What we do need to understand is that we're a sinner, that Christ died for sinners, and whosoever will may come. Others say, well, I'll tell you, I would come, but there's uh, just too much to give up. All the giving up we have to do is our heartaches and our headaches and all of our uh, things that are not good for us. Jesus never asks us to give up something that's good for us when we come to Him. He wants us to flake off those things that are not good for us. Somebody said, well, I, I would come, but I'll tell you, I'm too young. 
I just don't understand it all. All you need to understand is that there's been sin in your life. And friend, I want to tell you, the moment your son or daughter recognizes there's been sin, and boys and girls, the moment you realize you have done something wrong, that you're a sinner, that God will hold you accountable for that sin, the moment you realize right from wrong, that very moment, you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior if you invite him in. Why have you not come? Others have said, well, I would come, but I'll tell you, I'm just too old. I'm, I'm just stuck in my ways. I can't come. I thank God for old people who have come to Jesus. Last year we baptized an 81-year-old man who came to Jesus. Some of our soul winners went out and won him to the Lord. Not long ago there was an 82-year-old person saved. And we've seen people all ages. God will save you the moment you're willing to put your trust and faith in Christ. All that the Father giveth me shall come. But listen, you have to come. You have to come. You'll never get to Christ until you come to Him. Of your own volition, as the Holy Spirit moves your heartstrings and you begin to sense your need, and then you come. That's the only way you can ever get active for God. You have to come to Him. You have to present yourself and say, Lord, here I am. The only way you become active in the kingdom of work, of the Lord's work, is to say, here I am, Lord. I place myself on the altar of service. I come to you. All the Father giveth me shall come to me. Now there's another translation of this verse that says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and he that is on the way I will in no wise cast out. The last part of this verse promises that if you come, you're not going to be cast out. A few chapters before in John, in this chapter, in this book, a man had been cast out of the synagogue because he'd come to Jesus. And Jesus said, you come to me and I won't cast you out. You come to me with your sickness. You come to me with your heartaches. You come to me with your sins. You come to me and I will in no wise cast you out. There's assurance of forgiveness and cleansing in Christ. In Psalm chapter 103, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Father, I would like to come to you, but oh, all this burden of sin, all this shame, all these things, uh, things that nobody knows about, things that others know, do know about, and I don't know how I could ever come to Christ and outlive that. Listen, you come to Jesus, and Jesus said, as far as the east is from the west, so far will I remove your transgressions from you. I, I heard about that old black lady uh, she got saved. And uh, somebody came and said, but listen, don't you ever worry about whether you're saved or not? Does the devil ever tempt you to think about your past sins? Oh, she said, yeah, he comes every once in a while. And she said, I just tell you what I do. She said, I sends him over to the east. And then I sends him over to the west. And I send him back to the east. And I send him back to the west. And I keep him so busy going east to west, he can't ever attack me. Now, friend, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath God removed your sins. Don't let those past things come and be like ghosts in a closet that pounce on you and rob you of your joy. The Bible says, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. God won't cast you out. You come. You come with your sorrows. You come with your heartaches. You come with your hurts. You come with your sins. You come with your needs. But come, and he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And you say, but I don't know how to come. Bill told us beautifully in his testimony a while ago, when I realized 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's how you come. You come with your burden, you come with your sins, you come with your sorrows, you come with your heartaches, you come with your hurts, you come with your shame, you come with your faith, you come with your lack of faith, you come with your questions, you come with your honesty, and just say, here it is, Lord, I can't save myself. I can't get to heaven on my own bootstraps. I need the blood of Jesus. And look to Christ. Jesus died on a cross for you. He took my shame and your shame. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And the moment we receive him as Savior and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And friend, that's how also to get active for God, you come. And say with a willing heart, Lord, I want to put my all on the altar and get going for God. Let's bow our heads in prayer, please. Our Father, we thank you for this time together to study the Word of God. We pray that the Holy Spirit will move on every heart. And anyone here who has never come to Jesus may come with his heartaches and his hurts and his sin and his shame and may come with his victories and all that. But Lord, help us to realize that we can't claim anything. We must put our all on the altar and we must say, Lord, here it is. I'm not going to hang on to anything in the past as good enough to get me to heaven. I come surrendering to Jesus. And may we, we pray, Father, that there will be folks today here who will say, I want to put my all on the altar for the Lord and serve him. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Let's stand, please. Everyone standing. God's invitation is simple, just simple. Now listen, wherever you are, I want you to listen. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Let's sing that song. O Lamb of God, I come, I come to thee. And as we sing this, here's the invitation. If you're here without Jesus, you've never received him as your personal Savior, I want to urge you to come. Just come. You may say, but I'm not sure what to do when I get there. You come and we'll pray with you.